Okay, I think we're good. Christine, we're good? Just waiting on the official notification from LinkedIn. Okay. See, I think we get it first. So I think, I think we're yeah. good. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be bold. I'm gonna, we're going we're gonna to start with the introduction. So You're it's, alive. <laughs> yes, here we are, you know, happy and succeeding in the future of work. And we we're, talk a lot about the future of work. And, and I brought in this fantastic, brilliant guest who is really well suited to talk about it. You know, Christoph Fleischmann, he's the founder of Author, which is a metaverse virtual reality company. And you can't get much future than this. So I, I'm not going to do it justice. So I'll just hand it off to Christoph, and maybe you could share with everybody what author is about, what the metaverse is about, virtual reality, so people can kind of get what's going on. Yeah. Hi, Jack. Thank you so much for having me. I'm a so with, with Arthur, we are a virtual reality collaboration solution for the enterprise. So nowadays, you would say a metaverse collaboration solution. Um, what does this mean? We basically thought, can we use, you know, virtual reality and augmented reality and all of the technologies that are in the spectrum to allow enterprises, really large organizations to work together more efficiently, more effectively, even if the people in their teams are not in the same place. So the company actually goes back to 2016, the, the idea for Arthur goes back to 2013 when I was the first time working at an AR startup. But the vision really didn't change so much. We always thought, can we, can we use this three-dimensional tech to bring people closer together, but not only for social experiences, but really in a space where you can get creative, where it can be productive, where you can analyze data or make decisions much better. And that has been, been our journey. And I think it's, it's an exciting time for us right now. Um, the metaverse is, I think, possibly a little bit overused, this, this buzzword nowadays, but I hope to, in today's session, we can deconstruct it a little bit and see what, it, what are the real parts. And um, yeah, maybe we can focus a little bit on, yeah. on what we see is working. Yeah, so, so 2016, so that was fairly early on in the game, right? Because there wasn't a, you know, a lot going on in that space. So you were kind of on the frontier of it, the beginning stages. Well, yeah, I think, so virtual reality, I mean, it has been around since the, I think, 70s or even longer. And if you look at science fiction authors, I think, you know, I really don't think the idea behind Arthur itself is so creative, right? We just, we talk about holograms all the time and holographic communication. I think the way you go about building this, this is really creative. And this is where a lot of the magic lies. Um, so 2016 was in, you know, at the time where you could see that VR had a path to become mainstream. So this was the time when the first, it was still very heavily influenced by gaming, but the first mass appeal VR headsets were released around this time. And that was the time when we thought, okay, it's still, you know, um, nobody or very few were talking about remote work or hybrid work or these topics that really came up over the last two years. But we were thinking, wow, we ourselves and our team, we always felt like, Geography still plays a way too big factor in our in our professional lives in terms of how productive we can be. 
can, can we use this? Can we use this fairly cutting edge gaming technology and bring it to enterprise use cases? So, so to take a step back, just for, so people to understand it better, I, and I'm guilty of doing this, I'll use the terms virtual reality, metaverse interchangeably. There's also augmented reality. How, how would you just rank so myself and others could kind of use it the, in, the, in yeah. the correct term? Like what's what? Absolutely. I, I think the, the biggest challenge is I am not sure where even the industry agrees on one definition. Okay. Of so it's not just me. So it's that. like, it's, 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 it's yeah. like just overlay, right? It kind of maybe runs into each other. Um, I think if we start with the things that are a bit more clearly defined, we can look at virtual reality, mm -hmm. which is basically the technology where you put on a, VR headset or these VR goggles as some, some may call them, and you're fully immersed in a fully virtual world. So you don't see anything of the real world anymore around you. You're basically part of a video game or a 3D application. So I think the industry is fairly clear about where this starts and ends. It, it's pretty much if you're fully in the, in the matrix, if you want to call it this way, then you are in VR, then you're using VR technologies. Then there is some, I think, and uh, I'm sure there's gonna be folks disagreeing here. Um, then there's the sister technology, augmented reality, which is sometimes also interchangeably used with mixed reality, which basically says, okay, we have a real world. Can we add three-dimensional content mm. to it? Can we mix the virtual world and the real world. And depending of how your mix is, whether you have mostly real world and very little digital content, let's say I project a, you know, a tiger in the middle of my living room for fun, that would be very much on the augmented reality spectrum. Um, Which would be great if you have reality. guests who you don't like show up to your house. Exactly. They come exactly, in, they yeah. see that, like I'm out of here. Oh, sorry, exactly. you gotta go so soon. Oh, well. <laughs> Yeah, then I think mixed reality or, you know, like the more intense way would be if I am in virtual reality, but by, I bring in my real world, like I bring in my desk, my workstation, maybe my sofa or something. So it's all of these different technologies that are ultimately all mixing our perception of reality to a certain extent. Either they're replacing our reality with something entirely new or they're mixing the reality I see. And the metaverse, as this, this term is often described as this three-dimensional world that I can visit, that is interconnected and is, consists of multiple different applications, both social applications, work applications, games. And it's this place where I can go to, I can log into my VR headset. A lot of people would argue you can also visit it um, without VR headsets. So this is where it breaks from the existence of the metaverse, breaks from um, VR or AR itself. People say it actually exists independent of it and you can look at it through different, different medium. Um, but for me, I, I do think the 3D aspect of it is, is really important because that brings this, it, it truly conveys this meaning that I'm there in this world. I am present with you and I can either work or I can yeah, go for a round of golf or something like this. And I think um, the term metaverse goes back to some, um, you know, some great uh, science fiction works 
I think Snow Crash was um, the leading book that, that established this term. Um, more recently, we've seen, we've seen movies about it, Ready Player One. Um, very often it gets described as kind of this dystopian world, but I think the, the things we see, especially from the enterprise collaboration world, we see, we see it much more, yeah, actually freeing for, for its users. You have a lot more possibilities and you have a lot less of the physical world limitations that you're usually used to. It's interesting because you mentioned gaming. To me, from the outside, it seems a lot of these virtual reality metaverse platforms have their roots in gaming and now NFTs. Um, is that the case where kind of they're the forerunners of it and now we're kind of building on that to a certain degree? Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right. I mean, when did you ever use three-dimensional applications before virtual reality? pretty much only in video games or mm -hmm. maybe in ar uh, architecture, engineering, construction, there were some you know, real use cases to, to use 3D, but the video game world was really pioneering. And a lot of the standards that we're using were set by video games and video game engines and the principles of how these 3D applications were built. Now, I think the interesting part is that, especially in, last year and this year you see this paradigm shift where it expands to become something much more pervasive so while gaming is still a leading use case for for virtual reality you see the the applications that get developed for this platform are actually much more far-reaching than just gaming like like our application but also the the updates that come to the to the VR headsets that allow you to bring in your keyboard, for example, so it becomes a workstation. It expands the product category itself to become something broader and an all-purpose device. I think this is the interesting trend we're seeing right now, and why it's it goes beyond NFTs and gaming. It really becomes something that is might be relevant for every knowledge worker over the next three years. Anyone, anyone who works with other people, anybody who works on complex content might need to have this on their radar. Every company that wants to hire amazing people will need to have these technologies on the radar because they are amazing solutions to some of the challenges we're seeing right now around hybrid work, around remote work, around you know, the great resignation, the inability of, of managers to keep yeah, keep their employees actually together and, and focused on, on a mission, on, a, on, on, on common values. This is something I think we've been seeing in the past two years. And that's why these technologies and, it's, and their evolution towards something much more pervasive are so relevant right now. It, it's interesting. And it seems the direction you're taking is more to offer solutions for companies whether it's training, getting people together rather than having to fly out. Now we're getting better because COVID is going down, but you know, I think we now feel like, all right, if we, we don't have to really fly as much all over the place and travel as much, so you could bring everybody together. You talked about remote work. You know, what we see is sometimes if you're working remotely, you could get lost and be kind of a second-class citizen and forgotten. So this way it kind of pulls people together, or it could be, 
some people haven't seen their colleagues in two years. And there's so many people who are onboarded within the last two years who just never met anybody. So you can kind of bring them together and have kind of social interactions as well. So it seems that you're kind of looking from that angle, how do we make work better, more interesting, more inclusive, right? So that's, I think, the, the direction you guys are headed, right? Absolutely. Yeah. No, I think it's, it's really at the core um, of what we're trying to accomplish. It's, it's really two things. We want presence and we want productivity for our users. Presence is the aspect that I can bring in people now in VR together and run a team event or our weekly team meeting. And it really feels like we're at the same place. It really feels, yes, we are represented by avatars, but at least in our application, they look very much like ourselves. Maybe you still notice that it's an approximation of the real world, but a lot of the perception that is going on, the experience of it feels like you're actually there. The fact that you have to turn your head to talk to a, a different colleague this makes this feeling of presence incredibly valuable, especially if you're now in a, you know, you've been two years in a work setting where you know that this is lacking. The, the second part productivity is then, you know, taking similar concepts, the, the fact that we are in this 3D space, but using it yes, less just to connect better, but more to organize our information better, to share information better, to teach each other or inform each other better about the work we do. And, you know, it, it, it's sometimes simple things like basically using a pin board to organize your thoughts, but because you're in 3D in the shared space, it becomes so much more powerful and natural and people are so much more focused. And these are really the elements that we're trying, the, the value dimensions, if you want to call them, that we want to heavily stress with VR, because those are things that just, you know, no matter how amazing it is what you're using in, in 2D right now, to some extent, this will be lost in a, in a remote or hybrid setup. So, and it's so interesting, just to give a personal anecdote, Christoph, myself, and Loren, um, is that Loren? Is that my pronouncer, right? Yeah, Loren's. Well, yeah, um, when I was writing a Forbes article about author, you know, put on the Oculus glasses, got, you know, and, and had that immersive experience. And it really did feel real. The three of us are, are there with our avatars having a conversation and it completely felt organic. It did not feel awkward. It didn't feel uncomfortable. In fact, Christoph, I'm curious if you found, find this out with people you speak with who use it, I actually felt a little better because when you have a conversation, let's using this, you know, to broadcast using the Zoom feature. It's weird because like we're, we're both in boxes looking at each other. And then you always have, let's be honest, you have that self-conscious thing. Okay, how do I look? Is there, is there, you know, a spot on my shirt? You know, is my background looking weird? You know, is my hair out of place? Is that the normal human things? But then juxtapose it when we were avatars, that didn't exist because you, you didn't have to worry about those things. And I don't know if that's a feature of how that works or just one of those serendipitous things that once you do you go, wow, that makes actually, where, where I think the knock is pe on people saying, you know, stay in the real world. You don't want to go in this, whatever world. It's kind of, for, I would imagine for a lot of people, much more relaxing because 
you do have that avatar instead of having to worry, how do I look? Am I too big? Am I too short? Am I too fat? Am I too skinny? Am I too this, too that? Too... It takes that off the table. So I think it makes people freer to interact. Does, does that make sense? Have you heard that from people? No, absolutely. And I think it's this incredible opportunity that we have that we can take away some of the things that are, I would say, really net negative for mm -hmm. humanity from, from some of the dynamics that can emerge in, in, in the real world. And as you said, you know, like self-consciousness and feeling uneasy or, um, you know, wor worrying about how you look. So and this is really something you can handle much, much better in, in, in VR. Your avatar will always have a, you know, will always have their hair made properly. They can still look <laughs> a lot like you. You can right. customize them. You can pick the right, <laughs> right outfit, right? Um, but at the same time, it's this, you know, here we're taking something or we're, we're trying to manage something from the real world a little bit better in the digital world to make it more accessible, more inclusive and a bit more fair across the board. At the same time, there are things we really want from the real world that we're missing. And as you said, it's, I'm talking to you through this little box, through this yeah. window. Like at no point in time do I actually think you and I are in the same room. And especially, you know, projected to a, a meeting, it's your fifth meeting in, in the day, and you have to work with 12 people on something really complicated. Everybody zones out. Everybody starts checking their email, everybody. So you don't have this attention, you don't have this feeling of presence. And so I think this is something we really want to keep from the real world, these natural interactions, this feeling like you're there. And even I recall you were kind of, it was so natural because I could notice when you wanted to say something because your, your, your body moved and I was already reacting to your movement before you were saying something. And these are the kind of things that I think are very subtle. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. not an... I'm not a, a neuroscientist yeah. or anything. I don't know what's going on really in our brains when we are in 3D space, but there is a qualitative difference in the way we, we work together when we're in the same room. And, and I think it shines through in VR. Yeah. And what's interesting too, there's another element that kind of the freshness, newness. So we had, I think one of the areas we went on was, I don't know what kind of mountaintop, but I definitely felt I was on top of that mountain you know you felt it and yeah. it was cool it was a little dark like you know when, when you're by by you know you're looking out and you're looking over something and you like have that feeling oh my god I can fall down I had that same real life experience but knowing psychologically I can't I'm sitting here in my chair I'm not gonna fall over but you felt it so I wonder too is that kind of going to be interesting as well because we're all zoomed out and zoom obviously is a great product. It's fantastic. It saved everybody through the pandemic, but this seems to be, it'll be like the next iteration that just makes it a little fresher also, you know, just new, different, a little more fun. And that's kind of what we need. I think now with everything going on in the world, <laughs> right. To have a little bit, you know, make it a little bit more interesting and fun and exciting, especially if you bring people together and say, Hey, let's bring it together, but now let's bring it together. And now we're in filling the, like you know some cool location with some awesome scenery yeah and i think the the way i would think about this is you know a lot of the times when people talk about the metaverse or the matrix if we if we go towards the dystopian view of it it, it looks so inhuman right like we're, remo we're removing humanity from 
from this. But if you think about it, or if you actually experience it, it doesn't feel at all like this is inhuman. This is the most social digital experience you can have. It's the most intense way to connect with anyone next to being actually with them in the same room. So it's for me the exact opposite. I think everything we're doing with you know text-based communication tools is the you know is the epitome of abstractivism in terms of humanity like we are removing our entire corporate communication to texts and emojis which is fine because it's efficient and and we use it as well but you want this component as well and i think this is the the part that i think many don't realize how how real this actually feels and how 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 comfortable it does it feels to be in this space and you know to hear the person from where they're actually coming and seeing their body movements and then as you said maybe go to a place um, that you would never go even in the real world together to experience something to to bond over this experience that is entirely entirely virtual but feels real and and very very lifelike and you could have it where there are a large number of people all together right where you could have a group meeting, you know, have maybe yeah, a lecture, absolutely. whatever, right? Yeah, it's a funny, it's a funny anecdote because we we need to build these 3D spaces for meetings, but we also build them for ourselves. We are a remote team. From day one, we've we've never had an office, which led to some hilarious situations where some of our enterprise clients wanted to visit us in, in our <laughs> office, but we didn't really have a good answer to them, to be quite honest. Um, and what we had to do as our company was growing by headcount, we had to make our platform supportive of more people on it. So we had to be able to host more people, but we also had to upgrade, for example, the spaces. So just last September, we upgraded the, to, a, to an entire auditorium for our team meetings. I mean, we're only 60 people, so we're not that that huge yet, but you know, fast, fast growing. And now I think we have maybe a place for a hundred, 150 in this auditorium. And once we hit that, we'll we'll need to go back to our metaverse architects and build the next bigger space for our team to to grow. So that's so so you have 60 people looking to grow even more. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's uh takes a lot of man and woman power to get you know to build this and to bring it to people um but yeah it's an exciting time for us we're growing very very quickly and we just have an incredible team that is pushing this vision vision forward but yeah there is no end in sight we're not stopping so so how does it work so i imagine obviously you know you drink your own champagne so you since you're remote first will you have kind of meetings taking place where everybody goes on you know the platform and just you know have kind of all hands on deck or whatever so our our policy is that the most important meetings are genuinely in vr because here Mm -hmm. we can guarantee that everybody can make it there and i think this is important to to think about because we do have a hub concept where in different cities we you know, once a quarter, we organize a dinner or a small offsite. So we do absolutely try that. Um, and I think it's great, but we do notice that more than 70% of people, you won't get into these physical encounters. And we get 100% attention, basically, you know, 
Um, sometimes someone, someone's not in the office, but we get close to 100% attention in, in VR, um, attendance in VR. And that means they are, it is really the most inclusive medium for us compared to physical events. This might be a dumb question, but you know, whether it's Zoom or in person, you know, you look at the cues is, you know, cause you don't want to talk over somebody. When you yeah. have 10, 20, 40, 60 people, does, do you need to just have someone who really manage the flow or just organically you're able to know when someone's going to talk or not talk? How does that play out? So I, I think the, the answer is twofold. Like part of it is we've, we've realized that we've, you know, two years ago, we realized we created a bit of anarchy by getting so many people into VR and not having any tools to manage them. <laughs> so when you so first we, started, was it like out of control? It was just like, it like was, everyone's it talking pretty, in a mess? It was pretty intense. It was pretty intense. Um, so then obviously, you know, we rolled out different user roles and functionalities and admin tools so you can make someone who's like, who is uh, feeding his or her, her cat and has the headset up and you hear different sounds coming from them. You can mute them. You know, this is natural. I think it, this makes it, this makes it real. Um, so we've done that, but a lot of it honestly is just how you would do it in the real world. Like you notice if someone is kind of like edgy, you you look at them you make eye contact in vr and then maybe they raise their hand or something like this and just very naturally especially for people who've been in these experiences or in, in vr a couple of times already you will see um that the things you know from the real world do apply like there is something in our minds going but yeah for for the occasional cat encounter we we do try to manage it with with admin tools etc <laughs> So it's so I guess what happens after a while you get like anything you get used to um, how it works I guess the same way with Zoom if you have you know 10, 12, 50 people on there after a while people can kind of sense um, I could talk now or can't talk now and you kind of self police each other to make sure someone's not monopolized the conversation and and if someone's not talking you want to make sure mm -hmm. that they have the opportunity to give their say um, what are some I, of the I do think that you that you hit a ceiling in yeah in any 2D tool at a, per, at a certain amount of people where you know you need it heavily managed and heavily facilitated and organized by someone. And I think it's a little bit different in, in VR. It's a bit more natural to, to organize crowd, crowds and this crowd control, um, even though there are cool features that um, you know, VC solutions have rolled out, uh, raising hands and so on, but it still feels like it's, we're stretching the bandwidth the medium can can actually sustain productively and in an agile way. I think that's just what what a lot of teams are noticing. Now, where do you see this going? Because it's still, even though you started, you know, a number of years ago when it was in infancy, but it's still, mm -hmm. to use a baseball analogy, it's still kind of in this spring training. I'm not yeah. sure the equivalent of you know football <laughs> where you are where what that's if it's spring training there as well or what have you but like really early days um, where do you see the, you know this escalating to over, over the next three five years any sense? Yeah, that's a that's a broad <laughs> that's a broad question. Um, I think the if I look at just the momentum this has gained over the last three months or four months, 
you know, since Facebook rebranded to Meta, there's yeah. been just a lot of external interest in this space. But also internally, the solutions like ours, they got just really, really good in the last year. And the hardware on which it runs is really only since the last year and a half at a point where I would say, wow, that's actually high quality, mass ready virtual reality at a, at an, at a price point that is you know, extremely fair for, for end users. So the trajectory that we've been seeing, I do think we're seeing right now this exponential growth. I think we're just starting from such small numbers that on a global scale, you don't see the effect so much, but we are talking with, you know, with companies about thousands and even 10,000s of people that should get access to our solution and VR headsets over the next 12 months. Those are the discussions we're having right now, which I would call um, definitely already outside of this very, very early infancy, at least for specific use cases where the return on investment is so clear that you can deploy this and you'll have a, have a benefit for your workforce. I think the element we need to factor in is, I, I mentioned at the beginning mixed reality. And I, and I think mixed reality is the one, you know, technology subset that will really bring this to the masses. And the way this works is that until now, at least for us, for our solution, you have the option, either you don't use it or you're fully in VR, which means you put on this VR headset, you're fully in this virtual world, which means you have all the attention, but it's, it's mentally draining, you know, to be in such an intense experience. You wouldn't want to do this eight hours a day. You don't need to do this eight hours a day. You don't run, at least I don't run workshops eight hours a day. For most of my day, I would love to have something in between these two extremes, zero and one, fully outside VR, fully in VR. And this is where mixed reality fits in so nicely. So imagine a, a world where you put on you know, an advanced mixed reality headset and you still see your desk, you still see your coffee cup, you, know, you still see your cat roaming around in, in your living room, but maybe the screen you have in front of you is already digital. Maybe you have a digital whiteboard from, from our solution standing in your room. And maybe the wall to your right, you don't really see this physical wall anymore with your, with your painting that you, that you hung up there or the poster that you hung up there. But actually this is a window to the digital office, to your virtual world where you can look and see other coworkers that are themselves in this hybrid world between fully in VR and not in, in VR. And I think this is something that needs to be factored in because this is this next wave of um, virtual reality. While, while virtual reality is gonna get more and more potent and more and more real, a huge part of the investments in this space are going towards understanding, you know, different segments between not using VR and fully committing to VR. And it's, it started, it starts with great examples like Meta rolling out their, you know, their update where you can bring in a keyboard and your desk into your, your VR world. I think these are the things that really drive forward adoption. So if you add that to the mix as another thing that is not three years away, but rather coming over the next 12 months, 
And if you look at what so companies can already do right now, it's, it really feels like this adoption curve is now happening at, at a much, much faster pace than ever before. And I think this exponential growth will be noticed by everyone probably in the next 12 months. And if you start as an organization 12 months, you will probably already be no longer among the front runners. You, you might be catching up on the workplace policies. I think this will be the reality. So I think for a while it's been bubbling around, but now mm -hmm. it really hit this infection point that, that the, we're witnessing. For the people who are watching now uh, on LinkedIn, and then what we do is then we kind of clean up the video, repost it again, who watch it you know, down the road. You know, these are predominantly white collar professionals. Um, you know, some Gen Zs, Millennials, Gen Xs, Boomers, really across the board, all career oriented who are on the site. Right. Do you need to be kind of a hardcore techie to go into this space? Because this is a hot growing area, as you, as you, as you mentioned. Or if you, let's say you're a marketing person, a salesperson, an accountant, a lawyer, are there jobs open right now? You know, whether your organization, other organizations that are kind of building so that you know, people who are watching this go, wait a minute, this is a fast growing area, right? And this seems to feel if it's going to be like the first iteration of smartphones, you know, the beginning early days of the internet, when people started, you know, creating websites, huh, I missed those two, but let me see if I can kind of jump on this one and get involved. Are there the opportunities available? Absolutely. And I yeah. think these people are needed in the space from legal opinions to trainers to coaches to people who you know know how to design experiences we already the majority of people we work with have nothing to do with gaming are not necessarily tech experts they are people incredibly passionate about the subject or about a goal they want to convey or reach with their team so I think there is this initial hurdle that you need to get through. You know, it's, it's a new device. It's like switching to your smartphone. It's something you need to get familiar with. So obviously if you are somewhat tech adept, you might have an easier time just understanding how to set it up and use it. But I think Jack, you and I, we also went through, through it, right? And I think for you, it was also, a, I think it was one of the, you know, one of the first VR collaboration sessions you were, you jumped in with me and I thought you were, you mastered it within a minute, right? <laughs> I got to so admit, if I, did, if I didn't have my tech son as my wee man doing it, it wouldn't have been so easy. So he made it look easy because he was on the sidelines coaching <laughs> me. So I got to, I got to admit, but, but it, well, once, yeah, once was it. there, I got it. You know, once I, I was, yeah, then, yeah, yeah it's, it just takes a little bit, just like anything else. You know, you get on a bicycle. You don't just get on a bicycle when you're a kid and just go down the block. You know, you get on, you know, yeah. you, you know, you teeter-totter around, fall a little bit. But then after a while, you're like, oh, okay, I got this, too. And now you're riding your bike forever. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the, the cool thing is that it, a lot of what we're trying to do is, and what the entire, what everyone in VR and XR is trying to do is, to use things that work in the real world. So we don't want to bring in limitations from the real world, but you know, if you want to grab something, maybe you should be making a fist. And it's, it's stuff like this, making a fist to grab something might be more intuitive than yeah. you know, pressing down your touchpad <laughs> with two fingers. Right. And I think these are the, 
these are the, the, the topics that might make it actually easier to adopt this technology than smartphones or, you know, learning Excel when it came out the first time. Wait, wait, that's mind blowing. So like what you're saying is basically the technology be, will be, if I pick up a pen, I really feel like I'm picking up a pen. Not, I'm not just picking up, I feel it. Yeah. Have the sensory, wow, that's trippy. So, yes, and, and a lot of the interaction design is trying to mimic the way we would do it in the real world, right? Wow. And it's, it's getting better and better and you will have this haptic feedback and, uh, and, and, and these elements as well and, and upcoming generations of headsets. And, and you know, your focus more on kind of the business applications things, but then also you have, you know, the sandbox, Decentraland, all these other, you know, metas uh, version yeah. of the metaverse. So what's interesting too, it's not like a one size fits all, right? It seems like people are going and carving out, hey, this is my lane. This is what I'm going to do. We're going to excel at this and be the go-to people, like in your case for business, let's say, just generally speaking. But then yeah. others are like, hey, we're going to have concerts or, you know, we're going to have shows or we have live events or we're going to have a fashion show. We're going to, we're going to spend $2.5 million to host a fashion show in Decentraland. So it seems like it's, it's playing out where it's, people have their own ideas and do it, which I think makes it super cool. So it's just not one big lump where it has to be the same. It's, all, it's, it's, it's going to probably end up, does this make sense? Like it might end up being like a whole lot of different metaverses within the metaverses. And you might want to choose where you like to spend your time. We'll just bounce around to different ones. Yeah, I think uh, the way I would think about this is that then um, the collection of these different experiences and the ability to jump between these things, that becomes the metaverse. That is then this one, it's like the internet, you know, you have these amazing websites that can teach you, can bring you content, can bring you closer to your friends, you know, all around, spread all around the internet. But you can already right now in the 2D world, sometimes retain your user account and log in with one user account in, in two different websites and, you know, take this a step further and you have a, the next generation of the internet, a virtual world where you can go to, to the fashion show, turn around, you know, meet someone and say, hey, I like what your company is doing. Meet me in two hours in my virtual office for, for a coffee chat and a presentation. And then we go for nine, ho nine holes of golf, you know. Well, and speaking of that, exactly how it's have, <laughs> have you thought about doing that where to build towers or buildings and then rent it out and, you know, maybe have a golf course? Because that seems what some people are doing. Yeah, so for, I think our entire team is really focused on getting people to enjoy their experience yeah. in Arthur and actually have a really productive experience. So mm -hmm. right now, our whole attention is going towards making sure that this new medium is something where anyone to, who takes part in, a, in an Arthur meeting goes out and says, okay, I totally get why my colleague pulled me in there because this was just a 10 times or 100 times better meeting than any other digital or real meeting I had. So a lot of our attention is going around there because I believe that first we need to have inhabitants in the metaverse before we can go broad, right? Mm -hmm. We need to first sense. have this poll where people want to come and, and you know, spend time in, in, in your application. And then I think we can 
I, I do think there is, you know, for us, I think we feel very comfortable with work and maybe for facilitating more and more work exchange. And then I, I would love to then connect to an amazing golf application and say, hey, you guys focus on making the best golf application, but and we'll send you over these people want to have an amazing experience on the golf course and we'll focus on on, on, on work. So I think that's that's a little bit how the, the dynamic how I see it emerging. Is there anything I didn't ask you about that you feel people should know about? I know we cover a lot of ground, but <laughs> anything that maybe I neglected to bring up that you feel is important for people to know? No, I think we covered quite a bit. Cool. I mean, there's so much to explore. I can just, I think I can just tell everyone, you know, go get yourself a headset. It's it's really worth it in 2022 to experience it. There's so much to see there. You can go boxing, you can go golfing, you can go visit ancient places. Um, you can have business meetings. And yeah, some of it will look really, really weird right now still and some of it will be a little bit buggy like the internet was at the beginning but if you get involved if you kind of hone your skills there and especially as an organization if you start understanding the power of this technology you'll i think you'll thank yourself in a year or two when this becomes more and more ubiquitous and it be and it starts replacing your your screens and your your smartphones more and more and I know you're going to get mad at me for asking this question, but you're because you're a purist for getting, you know, the glasses and all that. So you feel having where it's just web based that just it doesn't make it just doesn't pay to do it because it's not the real experience. I think it's it's a great add on, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm on the risk of sounding like a VR maximalist. <laughs> no, no, um, that's, it's perfect. <laughs> it is. It is such a difference. Yeah. And, and we see it in our user data. You know, we, we just see that it's, it, it's great to loop in someone else mm -hmm. to experience it, but there is something going on in our brains once we, once we get tricked to think that we're in this space together. There is just so much power in this medium itself that cannot be conveyed on a flat screen. Mm -hmm that I think is worth this step. It's, it's worth getting the headset, getting familiar with the headset, you know, getting familiar with the applications. So I would say, you know, whatever, you know, do whatever you can to get informed and get involved in it because it's, it's, a, it's a huge trend and it's certainly unstoppable by now. It's going to change the world drastically. And I think in a lot of areas, a lot for the better. Um, and right now is this time where anyone can be part, can be a small architect of the metaverse. They can contribute and define standards or, or get really good at it. Um, so this is the, this exciting time. Um, but I do think, you know, if you can try to get a hand on, on, on a headset and experience it firsthand. Well, that's, that's great. Well, for people who are, want to find and check out your site, where, where should they go? They can just go on arthur.digital. That's our website, or they can find us on LinkedIn. It's A-R-T-H-U-R. Arthur Technologies is our, is our full name. And our product is goes uh, by just Arthur. And you can either get in touch with us, then we can set you up with the 
full enterprise version of Arthur that's really geared for enterprise users. But we're also on the Oculus Store. So you can just find us. If you have a VR headset, you can find us on the Oculus Store, download us. They can try out a bit more limited free version of Arthur. You can give this a spin and then get in touch with us. Um, and we're also on the HTC Vive Focus 3 store and on the Pico Neo 3 store. Those are two other um, VR headsets that um, a lot of different folks also like using. And, and one last question, Arthur, what's, what's the, where does that come from? What's the story <laughs> behind it? Yeah, it's, I mean, it doesn't have a huge story, but there was this moment where we were, you know, we had the idea and we were kind of thinking about it. And I, I guess when I was younger, I read about King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table and right. the way, you know, this was a way to bring people together and to communicate. And I thought it was kind of fitting, um, not only because of King Arthur, but also because of Arthur C. Clarke, who was a science fiction author who has written about a lot of the things we are right now doing already, oh, I don't know, 50 years ago, much longer, maybe. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, it's interesting because when I first saw Arthur and I hear your accent, I'm like, wait, he doesn't sound English. I'm confused. I don't understand. Because <laughs> I'm my right. way to, you know, uh, you know that, so, so this is really great. I really appreciate you taking the time and talking to everybody about it because it's one of these things where it, in my personal experience is really interesting. A while back, I posted, um, I wrote an article about uh, the metaverse uh, about a different company. And this is really right kind of after Mark Zuckerberg came out with his big commercial about it. And yeah. I was really surprised about the backlash. It seemed the vast majority of people were saying, oh my God, this is terrible. I don't want to live in the metaverse. Anything that Mark Zuckerberg is doing, I don't want a part of. And I was really surprised. And so that I thought it makes sense to start speaking to other people like yourself to get some more, you know, insights to how it works. And I think that was just a knee-jerk reaction. I think now that several months have passed by, I think people realize, okay, it was more of a reaction to data privacy and all those yeah. issues that have been coming up time and time again. So it's like, you know, it's just, I don't want to hear it. You know, it's, you just block it out. <laughs> But now I think people are starting to realize because as you pointed out, within the last, what, three, four months, all of a sudden, it's just all over the place. So now people are like, wait a minute, what's going on here? So I felt for you know, people on LinkedIn and then when we posted on other social media, they're like, oh, okay, I get it. I understand. Okay. I was embarrassed to ask about virtual. Come on, we will do this. Like you're embarrassed to ask things. I was, you know, hey, I don't want to ask because I don't know what virtuality is. I don't know what metaverse is. And I, oh, now I know it. Now I can be a big shot and tell my family and friends, oh yeah, this is what it's all about. Yeah. <laughs> so I figured this is a great exactly. way to kind of get people to understand what it's about, what, what's involved, how it works and all that kind of good stuff, how it, what the applications are. So you did a great job of walking people through it. So I think it's kind of one of those things where, you know, you know, people who are on the sidelines thinking, huh, what is this? Oh, I get it. This makes sense. You know? Yeah. I, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to check this out. So this is cool, man. Absolutely, I really appreciate yeah. it. And, and this is, this is what we're trying to do. Find people who are doing cool things. You know, I mean, I don't have to tell you this. We all know this. there's such doom and gloom in the world and so you know so much stuff going on that's miserable and whenever you turn on the news they can't wait to gleefully say how horrible everything and how bad it is you go on social media fighting so i'm trying to find people like yourself who are doing cool things building cool businesses that are helping people making life better and kind of bringing that out there so i figured that's that that's 
you know, you know, each person has, tries to do one thing, you know, you want to make things a little better. So you got to, you know, every, it's, everyone has to do their own to make it better. So I figured this is a good way to show, wait, no, there's a lot of cool stuff happening here. There's a lot of innovation. Yeah. There's a lot of neat stuff that's going to make your life better. So, so for the future of work, this is kind of, yeah, this is something that's going to be really super exciting. And then if people can get jobs in there and careers in there and, and wow, how much fun is that going to be? You know, if you're kind of a designer, I got to imagine if you're a designer, if you're a creative person, this has to be like your dream. Like, oh my God, look at all the stuff I could do. I could create universes. I could create everything. So yeah. yeah. So, so this is exciting. So hopefully turned on a lot of people, Christoph, thank you very much. And again, thank next you, time, dude, next time we're going to do it. We'll do, we'll do it a little bit, maybe three months from now. I'll put on my, we'll put on the Oculus. We'll just jump right into it right away. Doors are open. All right, cool, man. Excellent. Well, thank, thank you so, you so much. much for having Take me, care. Jack. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.